Welcome to the Just In Case It Burns podcast with your hosts, Justin and Burns. All right, Burns, I got a trivia question for you. All right, let's hear it this week. Okay, this one's a little different. It's not a wrestling one. I'm going to throw a different one at you here. It's one of my favorite trivia questions. So there are six sets of professional sports teams. So the four major sports, MLB, NHL, NFL, and NBA, that share a mascot name. For example, one of those sets is the Sacramento Kings from the NBA and the Los Angeles Kings from the NFL, from the NHL. So there's five others. How many others can you name? Panthers. Carolina Panthers and the Florida Panthers. see it's hard when you get put on the spot yeah this is kind of a tough one but i figured you there's an nhl angle to this so i figured you'd have a little shot at it because more of them i think have nhl ties to them than any of the other sports i'll give you another one rangers arizona Yep, Rangers. So Texas Rangers and the New York Rangers. Another one is the Arizona Cardinals and the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, there we go. And there's two others. One of them is a an NFL and an MLB, and the other one is NFL and the NHL. For time's sake, team. just give them to me because I can yeah, sit here well, all give, night going through all the teams. A, let me give you just a quick hint for the NHL one. It's above the border. I'll let you think on that. Um, the other one's the New York Giants and the San Francisco Giants. And then the final one is the New York Jets and the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets. So yeah, that list again is the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Kings, the New York Giants, the San Francisco Giants, Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals, New York Jets, Winnipeg Jets, Texas Rangers, New York Rangers, Carolina Panthers, Florida Panthers. So it's just one of my favorite trivia questions. I know it's not a wrestling one, but I enjoy it, so I thought I'd ask it on here. And you got one of them, so we'll give you credit for getting it right. Well, I thank you very much. All right, so welcome back. This is a bit of a special episode. We're still on our two every two week schedule, but this is a Thursday night, and we're gonna get this published on Friday before the uh, pay per views come out this weekend, because that's gonna be the main focus of this uh, episode is to go over the WWE pay per view Night of Champions, which is actually in the afternoon for us here in the states. And then um, the Double or Nothing with AEW. So today we're just going to talk about, we're going to go over Dynamite, a brief over, overview of what happened on the most recent Dynamite. Then we'll talk about Double or Nothing. And then we'll talk about Night of Champions. And then at the end, we'll give our picks for the DraftKings pool that is free uh, for the Double or Nothing. All right, so to jump into it, the Dynamite, they 
Tony Khan announced it will deba- debut June 17th in Chicago. I know you had mentioned before that it was going to be in Chicago. I just wasn't sure if we knew a date. So I wanted to make sure we put that on here. Um, this is pretty much just going along with what we've talked about in the past. I didn't know if there's anything you wanted to add there. Yeah, no, uh, they held out with all of that because they weren't sure if they were going to come to terms with Punk uh, from what I was hearing. So they finally made a deal with him to get him on board with everything. So that's why they did not say that they were going to be in Chicago the last time. Um, it's because they had a backup plan in case he wasn't there. The expectation being if you put it in Chicago, everybody's going to expect him to be there. And if he's not, all hell would probably break loose. Um, so that's why they did that. But yes, Punk will okay. be back and uh, they'll be in Chicago. Yeah, so that's pretty much a confirmation, non-confirmation that CM Punk is returning to AEW. Um, having it in Chicago, his hometown, hopefully a little easier acknowledgement or reception of him back into AEW than some other town. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get cheered if he's there. So it was the smartest move to uh, make that his debut of, of coming back there. Uh, they'll get the positive crowd reactions and they won't have to worry about piping in noise. Okay, and I just, one other thing I wanted to mention about Collision was I think uh, he was on the poster, but I hadn't uh, heard about it before until the latest edition of QTV when uh, they mentioned that Hobbs was going to be on Collision as well. Um, so he's going to be a regular over there. Uh, from all the reports that I'm hearing, it's going to be more fluid of people going back and forth with just certain people sticking to their uh, their show because um, if you look Brian Danielson's on the poster for Collision but Moxley isn't so Moxley will probably stay away Hangman's over on the Collision poster uh, the Elite are not so I'm going to assume that certain people are going to stick to their brands um, but the other ones are going to kind of go back and forth okay We'll continue to follow that along, see how that plays out. Uh, then the match that opened Dynamite was the uh, Orange Cassidy Kyle Fletcher uh, the, for his title. And I thought I was just a little, I don't, I'm an Orange Cassidy fan. I was a little disappointed in this match. I thought it was, they were a little, they seemed a little off. I don't know if it was Orange Cassidy or Kyle Fletcher, but they just seemed to be not quite on the same page. And, just more of the same of Orange Cassidy taking a beat down and then finding a way to win. Yeah, he's overcoming the adversity and, and all that. Uh, honestly, I, I've written down that like the whole show, it, it struggled to keep my attention. You know, I tried to watch, but I kept getting pulled away, and it was easy for me to get pulled away while watching this. Uh, I know it's not technically the go-home show for the pay-per-view, but you think they put more in there to kind of keep my keep you uh, going on that, and I was just it was an alright episode. I wasn't you know overjoyed by anything that I saw and, and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, the, I watched most of the match. I couldn't tell you anything specific about it. It just didn't capture, you know, hold my attention. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it just seems, you know, I mean, these ma- these shows leading up to the pay-per-views, I understand you're trying not to get guys hurt and all that kind of thing. But at the same time, you need to keep building the storylines and all that, and it needs to be exciting. And felt like it was just lacking some of that, especially in in, in this match. I don't know. They just seemed a little off. Um, the House of Black in their match, um, I don't remember the guys they faced. It was just, I think, just three random guys. Um, I don't know if they were really random, but it wasn't a normal trio. And then the main part of that match that interested me was the dealer's choice rule. It was one man out, one man in. Didn't necessarily have to be by a tag. I thought that kind of... uh, It offset one of the other rules because... You couldn't, I'm not sure how I was trying to say this, because if somebody would go out, somebody could come in, you were going everywhere, um, and there's a no disqualification or you know no count outs or whatever. So it was really kind of the same kind of thing, I thought. I mean, the only thing that was different was there were no tags. You could do whatever you want. But I thought it was kind of cool, and how the match, how they worked the match with guys going out one side, the other guy coming in on the other side. I thought it was an interesting piece to that. Yeah, I liked it. It kept the flow of the match going and kind of unpredictable because you could just roll out one side and then your partner could attack from anywhere else. So, I mean, you could say there was a little bit of strategy in there if you you wanted it to to be that way. Um, Great match, expected outcome, but again, I just love these matches. Lights down, you know. It's just got that old school feeling for me, which which I just love. Yeah, I feel like this has lots of legs. Um, they can do this for a while, especially with you know the like the dealer's choice rule. There's a lot of different things you can do with that that will bring a different a bit of excitement to the matches, and just the whole environment, like you're saying, is really cool. So I think this has some serious legs to it, and hopefully they run with it for a while. Yeah, I hope they do. Um, get some bigger tag teams in there to face them, though with the same stipulations and things like that could be very cool. And it's something that nobody else is doing or really has done. So this could be your signature. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next match we want to talk about is just kind of a funny one it was the Taya Valkyrie, uh, lady frost. Um, you had sent me a text. It's lady frost is basically Ruby Soho without the tattoos. And I, I was a little behind cause I was, had some other responsibilities, and when I caught up, it was, uh, yeah, it is that not her sister? <laughs> because I, it looked I mean, exactly it, like her. It could be from the hair to the face to the nose to everything. That's exactly what I thought. Catching a glimpse, I thought, oh, she changed her hair color. And then I looked, and I was like, oh, that's definitely not her. There's no tattoos, but yeah, that was my first thought. Yeah, so that was just kind of funny, and I don't know. Maybe there is something. Maybe they're related somehow, because there's definitely some resemblance there. And it was a decent um, match too, to be very honest with you. Uh, that was one that I actually watched all the way through. Yeah, I liked it too. All right, so the uh, Cole Jericho contract signing uh, was a was a bit interesting. Uh, the talking smack part was pretty much what you would expect. Uh, 
Jericho throwing up on the Jumbotron, um, beating down Britt and all that, bringing up the, those feelings with Cole again. Uh, they're doing a really good job of making it seem real. I think that like that the beef is real, so the work is really good. Um, so I know you can talk about that a little bit, but the question I really wanted to ask you uh, was about uh, Sabu because I don't really know who he is and what was what he's really doing there. Uh, yeah, he's ECW legend. Uh, although looking it up just to get some time frames on there, he he was really only there for a solid like five years, and but he's been all over. He's kind of one of those. Uh, traveling wrestlers i mean he was in new japan tna wwe for a little bit like i said ecw and then still been on the uh, independent circuits um yeah two-time ecw uh heavyweight champion i believe he was a tag champion two or three times um but he's just one of those typical ecw uh hardcore throwing chairs, uh, kendo sticks. He actually had uh, really good feuds with Taz for a majority of the time that he was there. Um, so those were just brutal beatdowns. And then I think his most famous was uh, he wrestled Terry Funk in a no-rope barbed wire match. So the actual ropes were barbed wire instead of ring ropes. Um, wow. And it was labeled too extreme, even for ECW. So um, <laughs> he's known for his violence. And yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he's from Vegas. So somebody good to, uh, if you're going to bring somebody back and get that pop of the crowd, um, somebody good to bring back that, that most wrestling fans will We'll know who it is. I, I wouldn't be surprised in this match since it's still going to be, you know, they're going to be outnumbered if you don't see a couple other people show up to kind of even it out throughout the match. You could throw out a Rob Van Dam, another ECW guy that also is in Vegas, I believe. That's where he lives. Um, we'll see. Should be a good match. Uh, yeah, bringing up the whole Brit thing to try to get him to, you know, touch him so they could just throw out the match. Just that enticing thing that Jericho seems to do uh, works really well. They, they work well together. I think it should be a, a hell of a good match. Yeah. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about the, the match later on in our, our double or nothing preview. Uh, so don't want to get into it too much right now, but I uh, will talk more about that here in a little bit. I was just, when they, everybody seemed to know who Sabu was, and I was like, uh, who? <laughs> so I thought, you know, I was talking to you today, I was bringing it up and ask you. All right, then the last match of the night was the uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship, which was I thought was a very good match. Um, you know, all involved are very good wrestlers, so it was to be expected a great match. And then there was that nice little twist at the end to kind of tease up the the double or nothing anarchy in the arena uh, with between the elite and Blackpool combat club. So I thought that was well done. Yeah. Uh, I was not expecting the young bucks to seemingly look like they came out from underneath the ring. Uh, 
uh, it was a little late on that, so I wasn't sure if that's exactly where it was, but I believe that's where they came out of. Uh, wasn't expecting that. Did kind of expect them to get involved in some way, shape, or form, but uh, it was a little twist for me seeing them hiding out underneath there and, and pulling those tactics. Yeah, that's always funny when people come out from underneath the ring after a match because you just wonder how long they've been under there <laughs> having to wait uh, to, to make their appearance. Yeah, I'd like to uh, kind of go back and rewatch that and see how long when the House of Black match was compared to that. So they turned down the lights yeah. and they kind of ran out from wherever and hit underneath there then. That'd be about the only time that I could see them getting underneath there. So, uh, But I don't know when the timeline for those two matches were. Yeah. All right, so let's get into Double or Nothing. Um, I think the, the card for the pay-per-view is a good one. I think it's going to be a great night. Um, the first first match on there is the Hardy Party versus the Firm. It's another one of those contract matches. Uh, it's getting a bit gimmicky at this point with this whole contract thing between Paige and, and Matt Hardy. Uh, I don't really know uh, where, where you keep going with this. I, I'm, I think my prediction, I think the Hardy Party wins. So they would have control of Ethan Page's contract, so apparently that storyline would continue. Um, the only other, I mean, if you have the firm win, that could end that storyline, I would think, but I don't think you really have the Hardys lose. Because I, I I honestly think, and I, don't, I mean, obviously, you know, I could be way off on this, but now with Jeff Hardy being back, it they might start working their way towards a shot at the tag team titles. Um, maybe not necessarily, you know, really quickly, but you know, start piling up some wins and starting with a big one at a pay-per-view and then, you know, start building towards a, a tag team title shot. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Um, that's where I would, I would take it. I think the Hardy party does win. Um, and it's more of a comedy type gimmick at this point to, um, since Ethan Page had Hardy's, Matt Hardy's contract, they're going to do the same. You could do a lot more with it this time. You could take, you know, uh, take him to the Hardy compound and shoot some vignettes of him doing like yard work out there and, and get the the old school, you know, where they were Vanguard One and, and Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero and, and you know, everybody else. Um, I don't think it'll last. I think they'll after this they'll they'll put a short time limit on his contract. Something also come up, and, and yeah, they'll just move into more of a tag team role. Um, I think it'll be done after maybe a month or so. Yeah. Okay. So we're both on the Hardy Party, winning that first yes. one. Then you've got Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. Um, I'll just come out and say it. I think Valkyrie's going to win, but I only think that because I really, really want that to happen. Um, everything I've read and heard and all that things, you know, it's if that would have happened, it probably would have already happened. Um, so it doesn't really make sense for them to do it now. Um, and they'll probably have to find somebody else, uh, another superstar to come in and defeat Jade at some point. 
Uh, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping Valkyrie wins and finally puts a loss on Jade's record. Yeah, they could go a couple different ways with this, and I guess, in my opinion, it all kind of leads to the women's championship, how that turns out as well. So uh, maybe tie these two in together because it could go either way. I think Jake will retain um, just because they don't want to take it off of her. I could see Taya winning it and then Jade throwing herself into the mix later in you know, the women's championship, depending on who wins that one. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think Jade's yeah. going to win. I don't think they're going to take it off of her. I don't think that they're done with the uh, originals and the outcasts. Um, so I don't think you want to throw anybody else into the mix in that right now. Um, but if she does lose, I'd say she's the next one up to try to to go after that belt. Yeah, that's an inter- interesting uh, thought. Um, because if she if they do take it off of her, where does she go from there? I don't know if you'd really continue the the rivalry with Valkyrie. I'm not sure it's really resonating with the fans. Um, so I don't know if they'd continue that, and you'd have to put her in a different directions direction and like you're saying with the outcast and originals i don't think you'd really throw her into that so that'll be something to keep an eye on all right the 21 man blackjack battle royal royale however you say it i wanted to ask is this something they do every year at this double or nothing did they do it last year uh they don't do this per se um and i haven't seen much on it and how they're going to do it uh they usually do something because it's been in, you know, Vegas. I think every year they do it in Vegas. So they always have some sort of battle royal where they do, usually it's the cards. So you get, you know, the four suits and, and you come out in groups of five, I think. And then they always have like a Joker pick. And I think they're just taking that out and, and putting 20 other people in there and doing blackjack instead. Um, and I've only seen a handful of people, so hopefully tomorrow night we get a few more people that are uh, supposed to be in this match and we're told who they are. But I think as of right now, there's only four or five people that have been slated to uh, to be there. Yeah, and how, how does that work? Are they um, Do they all start in the ring? Or do they come uh, out in groups? I would assume that everybody is going to start in the ring on this one since it's a battle royal instead of a quote-unquote Royal Rumble type thing where they would come out. Um, but they haven't said anything, okay. so I, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I would assume that all 21 will be in the ring at the same time. All right, I just found a list here where it says they've revealed all 21 um, competitors for the Battle Royale, so I can tell you. It's uh, Orange Cassidy, Bandito, Commander, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, 
Penta Elzairo Mado, Ray Phoenix Jr., Kip Sabian, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Keith Lee, Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, Swerve Strickland, The Butcher, The Blade, Big Bill, Lee Moriarty, Tony Nese, Ari Devari. So that's quite okay. the list. Um, yeah. There's several storylines in there. I mean, the, the Keith Lee, Dustin Rose, and Swerve Strickland being in there, uh, along with Brian Cage. Uh, Ricky Starks with Jay White and Juice Robinson being in there. Um, and then you just got some other big dudes in there and uh, Bandito and Commander, you know, guys that just fly around the ring on the ropes. Yep. Um, yeah. So I was missing one name who I thought would be in there. Um, so I'm going to have to take that off my list and go with Orange Cassidy. I think he's going to pull this one off. Uh, I think you got too much, like you said, too many other storylines going on there to abandon some of them. It's going to knock those guys out. Um, it's only logical to keep it on him. Maybe then he moves into uh, a feud with somebody and, and drops it then. Um, I thought that they were going to have Miro in there. Miro's going to win it, take it off of him, and then move over to Collision and then get a belt over there, maybe more permanent. So that was my original thought. Okay. And how, uh, just real quick, how does this, how does it work? Is it you pin guys or do you throw them over the ropes? Is it like a Royal Rumble? Um, how do, yeah, how do you get out of there? Uh, should be over the top rope. Okay. All right. So I, th- I think Orange Cassidy does not retain. Um, I think they've kind of, I know they've been setting up recently where he just takes a beating and finds a way to win, which kind of leads into this match where how can you win this? kind of thing when there's so many people and then he'll find a way to win. But I, uh, I, I kind of think Ricky Starks comes out of here, uh, with the title and then, you know, Jay White and Juice Robinson are eliminated earlier, come back and whoop up on him after he's won and has a title. And then there's that whole storyline to go running off with. Um, but like you're saying it maybe not, I mean, I'm still sticking with that. But after seeing that list and those other guys in there, it's like, well, I don't know. But uh, so I'm sticking with Ricky Starks coming out of there. Yeah, that's uh, it's not a bad choice either, honestly. Okay, and then we've got uh, FTR versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Probably, it'll probably be a good match. Uh, I'm least interested in this match just because I really don't care to see Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I am interested in the Mark Briscoe angle, especially after what happened on Dynamite, um, where he basically told everybody, you know, screw all of you. I'm tired of all this shit. Um, I just want this to be done. So I'm, like I said, I'm intrigued to see how his role is played out in this match and if he favors one side or the other or if he's just straight-laced. Let's do this match right. Or... What if there's a big swerve in this? Everybody's laid out and knocked down. He's the referee, right? So he just covers FTR, counts the three count. He wins, and he finds a partner, and he starts running as the uh, tag champs. 
Well, there you go. Don't There's think another that's gonna happen. Don't think that's going to happen. I think FTR retains, but I was just throwing that out there because if he's sick of it and he's not going to, you know, don't want either side. He slapped everybody on both sides pretty much. Uh, he's so sick of it, and he's just going to take the titles for himself. Yeah. Well, I also think FTR retains and hopefully puts. Uh, I, I said Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett away for a long time. But I got to thinking about how Briscoe was was telling Jay Lethal, you know, you're my boy, and I'm just tired of everybody else. So it might be kind of like our conversation about Don Callis telling Kenny Omega. It might be that kind of thing where he's saying, you know what, you don't need these guys. And maybe Jay Lethal kind of leaves Jeff Jarrett and goes on and does his own thing. And so that breaks up their little tag team. And then, I don't know, Jeff Jarrett does something else. Uh, it goes back to being a behind-the-scenes producer coach. I'd be fine with that, too. Yeah. Then we have Wardlow versus Christian Cage, the ladder match for the TNT Championship. Um, does introducing ladders give uh, Christian Cage a chance? Is that why they made it this way? I know he's got a long history with ladders over his career. Um, he's had a lot of great moments. Yeah, I think it's the only way to... Uh... It makes it a, a, basically a no-DQ match because you can use the ladders. That allows Luchasaurus to get in there. The only way that Christian Cage is going to beat Wardlow as big as he is is with some stipulation like that. Um, plus, big guys don't tend to climb ladders all that fast or well for whatever reason. Rungs are hard, I guess, but uh, I think that will even out <laughs> the playing field. Um, still think Wardlow retains... Um, Luchasaurus goes through a, a ladder on the outside, maybe propped up between the ring and the barrier, puts him out of action. Um, and then you know, we get a, a couple power bombs, climb the ladder, and, and Wardlow takes it. Yeah, I agree. I think Wardlow retains. Um, I, after with the history of Wardlow in the TNT Championship. I really think they need to let him hold on to it, at least for a little bit. Especially, you know, the last one he had it for, what, like three days or something? Yeah, um, and he just got it back recently, so. Yeah, so I think it makes sense to, to keep it on him for a little bit. And he's another one that the fans like. You know, he's he's pretty over, and so I think he holds on to it for a little while. So then is the match we you alluded to earlier. The AEW Women's World Championship versus Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We didn't think there was going to be a title defense for Jamie Hader. And I got to be honest, I'm a little surprised that there isn't a multi person match between the Outcasts and Originals. Um, I don't know the reason for that. Um, you know, we've got that Cole and Jericho match. We'll talk about that uh, next. But I didn't know, uh, you know, Britt Baker might be getting involved in that one. So maybe that's why they didn't want to have anything uh, with the Outcasts and Originals. Uh, but my prediction for this one is I just think Hater retains um, just to keep that kind of going uh, with her. Yeah, I think it's the opposite. I think Tony Storm wins um, to keep the feud going. And uh, the Originals continuing to try to get the belt back 
that's where I think Jade could come in because then she could be part of the originals, go over and try to take the belt from Tony Storm and get in a feud with them. And then you can move one of the others onto something else. Um, maybe even a tag. I know we alluded to, said something a couple weeks ago about, you know, women's tag belts. Soraya wanted to get some in there. So maybe if Tony takes that, Jade joins, goes after, you know, Tony, and then you could have um, Hater and Britt in a feud with Soraya and Ruby. Um, for tag belts. Don't know if that's in the works or anything. Um, but I think that's the only way you keep the feud between them going. Because if she doesn't win it, she's your best shot. Saray's not gonna, probably not going to win it. Uh, Ruby's probably not going to win it. So your best shot is Tony. She's been it before. She was the interim champ. Give it back to her. Let her get a good run. And you can keep the feud going. Um, there's a lot more homegrown talent in there that could keep coming up. Um, as opposed to how many women are, you know, from outside the company to come in and join that group. So I think it, it's better to put the title on her because you have way more storylines to keep pushing through of originals coming. Yeah. Okay. I kind of like that. You might have swayed me a little, but I'm going to stick with Hater just because of my earlier pick with Valkyrie. So they un- I think you got to have one or the other, like you were saying either. I don't think both will do the same uh, on the women's side. You know, one champ retains, one loses, I think. Yeah, and I believe if I looked it up right, there was only one ch- one championship switched uh, hands last year. And, I mean, doesn't look like too many are going to do it here. So if there was one, I'd say that was going to be be the one to to switch hands. Okay. All right, then uh, Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho, the uh, unsanctioned match. Thought that was kind of interesting how they said it at the, the contract signing. Basically, AEW is just wiping their hands saying, hey, you know, something happens. It's not on us. It's on you guys. It's kind of funny because, you know, we all know that's not true. But, um, right. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting how that works out. So I, I did want to – I mean, it's a one-on-one match, but it's an unsanctioned match. So does that mean other people can get involved and it's not going to be disqualification yeah. and all that? Yeah, anything goes. It's not a sanctioned match. Nobody's there to stop anybody to do anything. That's kind of why Sabu was supposed to be there, I think. And I don't know if words got crossed or what, but uh, – somebody to, to mediate this the situation but it, Adam Cole said he's in my corner as opposed to being like you know he's gonna make sure that nobody else gets involved and it's just a me versus you thing um, there will still be a referee in there I'm assuming um, for the pinfall or submission but it's just not going to the wins or losses won't count against either one of them because it's not sanctioned but there will still be a referee in there. Um, I think it's going to be just a big brawl and, uh, you know, they're going to be beating each other's ass all over the place. So, uh, should be a good one. I think Cole, Cole wins that, uh, Jericho's been putting everybody over. That's what he's good at. That's what he does. Um, so I think he's going to do that here. It's first pay-per-view that Cole's 
since his return and everything like that. Don't think you have him lose. So I got Cole for this one. Yeah, I agree. I think Cole wins as well. I had a note here to ask you, you know, is I, I was wondering if, you know, they make it an unsanctioned match that other people can be involved because is, is Cole completely cleared? I think he has to be to be able to do something like this. We just haven't seen that much of him. I know he's done a little bit of wrestling lately, but he just hasn't been doing that much. And I don't know if it has been just to save him up for this, just to make sure he doesn't take something else, you know, get another injury. Well, and this is a perfect person to do it. Jericho's a pretty safe wrestler, and I don't think they do this with anybody else. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they let him in the ring at all to do any take any kind of bumps if he wasn't fully cleared. So I think it's good to go. Jericho's just the safest person to prevent any collateral damage if something goes wrong so okay yeah so like i said i agree i think cole wins and i i mentioned earlier i think brett baker gets involved in this somehow um with something i don't know maybe a kendo stick to to jericho at some point i just hope they don't bring handcuffs um because it will inevitably fail uh so hopefully they don't do that and then the uh the next match is almost kind of the same thing. I think anarchy in the arena, except it's an actual, you know, four on four. It's not a one-on-one match, the elite versus the Blackpool combat club. Um, and anarchy in the arena is that I want it. So false count anywhere or false count anywhere. Yeah. They did one last year. It was, uh, uh, JAS versus the, uh, combat club. Um, but I think it was five on five, and it was Danielson, Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and uh, Santana on Ortiz. Uh, really cool. They had, I think, five referees out there, one for each group um, that kind of split off. But some were backstage, some were in the stands, some were in you know, ringside, um, climbing scaffolding. Cool part that I liked is last year, uh, they played Wild Thing through 80% of the match. They just kept it on loop. Moxley's song was going and playing, and there was very little commentary. You could hear the crowd. It only stopped because Jericho was sick of it and wanted his song played, so he just destroyed <laughs> the sound booth, basically, and turned it off. Uh, but it's a really cool concept. Tons of blood, tons of high spots. Uh, people were diving off of everything. Um just an amazing match. I'm glad they're doing it again. I'm glad it's this group because it's going to be, could be match of the year. Yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, I think Blackpool combat club wins. Um, and the, the storyline just continues. Um, I honestly think when you just look at the two teams, if I'm the elite, you kind of don't, I mean, you got Moxley who is just an animal. And then Danielson, who's you know, kind of crazy right now, it seems. And then Wheeler Yuta, and um, the other guy, his name's escaping me. Uh, Claudio. Claudio. Who are just nasty in their own right. And then, you know, Paige and Omega and the Young Bucks. I mean, they're not, you know, the nicest guys by any means, but they're just not at the same kind of level of nastiness as the Black Bull Combat Club, I, I don't think. And 
they're gonna i mean they're they've been working up the storyline to make them that way but i just think it's gonna be a very bloody match a great match that the black bull combat club's gonna win yeah i agree uh only thing i can you know you got to get an advantage somehow so we'll see how that plays out who runs out on who um I'd say the combat club kind of comes out like they normally do out of, you know, the stands or whatever, and maybe they come out first and the elites run behind them and attacks them in the crowd to get it started. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a hell of a match. So like I said, I, I 100% think it's going to be a match of the year for AEW at least. And then to follow that up, we have the AEW Championship, which I think it has to be your headline, but I don't know if it's going to be the best match of the night. Um, they've been building it up for a while. I think it's great storylines. You know, the four pillars. They've been here since day one. You know, they all deserve a shot. Uh, I think the... I wanted to mention that I think the promos that they run for this, they all do very well when they're on their own. But when they try to do the promos together, it gets kind of wonky. I don't know if that's, they just don't do them that well together. Um, or if there's just too many of them trying to talk, all, you know, trying to make sure everybody gets all their words in at the same time. But when they're one-on-one -on -one and doing their own little promos, then MGF is just MGF and he's awesome at doing all that kind of stuff. But, and I'll just say my prediction is, you know, I think MGF wins. Um, I think it'll be a pretty good match. I, I think the crowd will kind of, be running off a high from the anarchy in the arena, but you know, we'll see. MJ, MJ, MJF retains. Yeah, to your point, I think you got four young guys that are in the spot right now and and trying to get what they need to say in. And you know, as much as you rehearse saying stuff, it's going to get boggled with four of you guys in there. Not everybody's going to realize, you know you go off script a little bit, or even if it's just impromptu, um, you're going to step on each other's words here and there. So I think that's all that is, but I agree. Um, great promos between all of them. I think MJF also retains. Um, I think there's going to be some sort of swerve in this one too. Uh, somebody's <laughs> going to turn. I don't think it's going to be Sammy. I think that'd be too obvious. Um, I think, Darby does something and turns on the other two and helps MJF. Just with their promos that they've had where, you know, it's been them one-on-one -on -one and, and just how hard they hit on I am who I am and I'm always that person and you're, you know, this, that, and the other. Just something in, in the back of my mind is going, he's going to, he's going to do something and, and, for money or for being aligned with him to get him, you know, more popularity or something, something's going to switch and he's going to turn. That's just, Man. just in the back of my mind, but MJF retains for sure. Yeah. So that would be a purple purposeful thing too. Not that he was just trying to do something and screwed it all up for everybody else. Right. Okay. All right. Definitely keep an eye out for that one. All right, so that's double or nothing. Um, let's go over to WWE for the Night of Champions. Um, we'll go over these a little quicker. 
Um, the first match, uh, Becky Lynch versus Tristat Stratus. Um, I'll tell you, I think Becky Lynch wins. Hopefully, buries this. Um, uh, hopefully, buries the storyline. Um, I don't know if Tristratus is going to go anywhere, but I think Becky Lynch wins. Yep, Becky wins. Move on. Thank you. I don't care about these two, unfortunately, because <laughs> I like Becky Lynch, but not at all uh, into this storyline. I do enjoy Becky Lynch's outfits. Her glasses were very cool at the uh, contract signing. But, all right. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship, the rematch from WrestleMania. Um, I think Asuka wins this one. Then uh, I just got to say, I think it's still dumb because she's on SmackDown as well. So she's not even on Raw. But so she, neither of these women are on Raw fighting for the Raw Women's Championship. But. Should be a good match. They they usually put on good matches, but I think Oscar wins this one. Uh, I'm going Bianca on this one. Uh, if you're gonna drop it to anybody, you're gonna drop it to somebody that is on Raw, and not on SmackDown. If you're gonna keep it on somebody on SmackDown, just keep it on Bianca for a little while longer until you figure out this whole debacle of a belt situation. Yep, and since we didn't get Bianca versus uh, Ripley, we have Ripley versus Natalia, um, and I just think you're not going to take it off of Ripley. She's the whole Judgment Day storyline, and everything's going too good right now. Um, so Ripley's going to win this one. Why Natalia? Why? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> I figured something like That's that was going. All I have to say, I cannot stand that woman I don't know why she's well I do know why she's still wrestling there it's because of who she's related to but such a shit wrestler this is gonna be an annihilation which I should love but I will probably not even watch this match because I do not want to watch her wrestle Rhea <laughs> Well, I hope I'm. Maybe I'll be wrong about the Bel Air Oscar because they've screwed the pooch on this one. But maybe at another pay per view or something, we can get the Bel Air versus Ripley for the belts because I I think that needs to happen. All yeah, right. hopefully that'd be a great match. I think everybody would love to see it. So yeah, it just makes too much sense for it to happen though, so it probably won't. Um, Intercontinental Championship: Gunther versus Mustafa Ali. Um. I think Gunther retains. It does seem like a good spot for Ali to win. Um, he had a good little promo the other day with Brock Lesnar interrupting, interrupting him, telling him to get a life. Um, I just don't think it. I don't think it happens. Uh, Gunther and the Imperium are are going well right now, so I think you keep it on him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ali is not the person to take it off of him. Gunther retains. And probably keeps it for a while to break the uh, honky tonk man's record. Ah, uh, okay. Then we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Romy Reigns and Roman Romy Reigns Roman Reigns and Solo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. I don't really know what's going to happen here. I mean, lots of things can happen in this match. Um, just a couple things, you know. I've got I. Had, in my notes, do the do the Usos show up? I'm, Roman Reigns kind of got mad at them for showing up last time. So do they show up again, or do they stay away? 
Is there going to be some more drama between Roman Reigns and Sokoa? There's a little shoulder bump. Look like Roman Reigns is a little, you know, there's some drama between them. Um, is Roman Reigns going to become a belt collector, getting all these belts? Uh, but I think Owens and Zayn retain, you know, after Roman Reigns and Sokoa don't really work that well together, creating a further divide in the bloodline. Roman and Solo take the belts. <laughs> oh, no, come on. They take the belts. That then could, you know, progress into you lost the belts to Kevin and Sammy, and we brought them back into the bloodline. We are better than you, and just grows that divide to a point where you could do the Usos want the belts, so they go against Roman and Solo, or you could do a you know a six man uh, or triple threat tag teams. So Sammy and Kevin versus Usos and, and Solo and Roman and go from there. And uh, you could do a belt split there and you know you could do two pinfalls or, or whatever. But I think to continue this split you put the belts on those two. Um, if you did just the regular tag team with the Usos and versus Roman and Solo Maybe that's when, you know, Solo's out there doing everything against the Usos. And, and right when he's getting ready to, you know, finish them off, Roman tags in. Solo gets fed up with it. Samoan spike. Usos win. It all implodes. Um, I think personally that's the best way to continue this, you know, destruction of the bloodline. Um, I just don't know where you'd go if if Kevin and Sammy retain and the Usos are like, see, you weren't better than them. And, I mean, there's no reason for them to have a match to prove who's better than who without the belts. So, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going Roman and Solo for the win. Okay. All right, then we got Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. Assuming Cody Rhodes has an arm, is that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sure it's fine. Um, and like I said, I don't, I, I don't quite understand the storyline. Um, you know, it was after he lost to Roman Reigns. Is it just, just something to keep him busy until he can um, go against Roman Reigns again? Or, I mean, I I don't know. I, my prediction in this is that Lesnar beats him down again and, and wins. Yeah, uh, Lesnar has to win. You're not going to overcome a quote-unquote broken arm to beat this man. It could be a quick one. It could be a you know, three- to five-minute match. Just get it over with. Then they run it back at SummerSlam or something like that, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's a filler for whatever reason, and we think we have to do two or three matches with these guys instead of just making... Cody tried to run through the whole roster, one one shot at everybody. Um, yeah, I don't I don't get this where where they're going with this, but Brock Brock wins, setting up a third match at some point in time, where Cody will win. Okay, and then the the headline for WWE the World Heavyweight Championship. I think it's going to be a great match. Seth Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. 
you know, a couple weekends ago, we talked about how it has to be Seth Rollins. I think it still has to be Seth Rollins. Um, I didn't realize AJ Styles was on the other side. I do really like AJ Styles. I, I think, you know, he deserves, he deserves to be the other guy in this. Um, but like you said, you know, he's on the wrong show. <laughs> so, I mean, they yeah, could do a well, trade, like you said, but I, I think these two guys going up against each other is the right choice. And it should be a very good match, but Seth Rollins is going to win, and it's going to just be an absolutely fantastic match. Yeah, they kind of predicted this uh, with uh, the Grayson Waller on SmackDown where he was interviewing uh, AJ, I believe. And uh, you're setting up a feud between those two because he was on the Grayson Waller show, whatever it was called, and He's sitting there telling him, you know, Seth Rollins is going to be the best champion. Good for him. You're setting up a feud right there with somebody else, basically saying that, you know, AJ is not going to win. As well as later in the evening, I believe they had somebody else say something about it. So you got two feuds that you're starting with somebody that could possibly not be on that show with a belt. So uh, pretty obvious Seth, Seth wins. Uh, good choice for the first champion um, if you weren't going to put it on somebody like like Cody. So, yep. I agree with you, Seth. Yep. And hopefully, I mean, I don't think there's any way it's not a great match. It's just the last two pay-per-views, the last match has been a snoozer and left us all very disappointed. So I think this one will be different with the, the end of the match. I think that goes on first. Oh, really? I don't, I don't think he's going to be the last yeah, one. I, no, uh, Roman's not going to not be last. <laughs> okay. Um, I maybe, mean, I'm maybe. pretty sure that's in his somewhere in his contract that he's either first or last, or he's the main event on any pay-per-view or something that he's on. So they'll be last. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I think that'll be the first match out. Okay. All right, so that's the WWE United Champions. Uh, the next thing we're going to go through here real quick, there's a free DraftKings pool for the AEW double, double or nothing. It's for the Four Pillars Championship. Um, these are fun to do. Uh, I don't know if, if you don't have a DraftKings account, go ahead and sign up. I mean, I'm not – no free plugs here. Um, but um, they're free to do, and they're fun. So we're just going to give you our picks. I'll run through mine, and then Josh will give you his. Uh, so the first question – is which participant will be introduced first? MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, or Darby Allen? I think it's MJF. Um, introduce the champ first. I know a lot of times they do him last, but I think he goes first. Uh, Second one. I chose Jungle Boy. Oh, okay. So I chose MJF. Burns took Jungle Boy. Okay. Second question. Will Sting accompany Darby Allen during his interests? I said no. I agree with that. I also put no. He's hasn't been he's only been a part of this once. And so I think that's been on purpose, and I don't think they'll bring him in now. Uh, how long will the match be from bell to bell? I've thought about this a lot, and I've gone back and forth. I think it's gonna be under twenty two minutes. 
just Why? just because I know there's a lot of people in here or whatever. I because I just I don't think this is going to be the best match of the night. You know, you got Anarchy in the arena, and then you got the unsanctioned match, which I think are going to be long ones. And I I think this match is going to end with something funny from MJF or like you said, one of the other competitors. So I think it goes for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Something happens and it ends kind of abruptly. I went over 22 um, because of what you said. If you look at the match card, there's not what nine matches on there. Maybe I think seven, nine, somewhere around there, which is very uncharacteristic for AEW. Usually they're 13, 15 matches, making them short. They're still going to do a three-hour you know, pay-per-view. So I think you get three long matches. You're doing one beginning, middle, and end. Get those shorter ones in between there. I think this goes over 22. Okay. Yeah, there's nine, nine total matches. Um, who will make the first pinfall attempt? Uh, this is another one. I think it's just kind of a guess. Um, I I think I went MJF on this one too. I think he just tries to get it done quick. Yeah, I did the same thing. Uh, I could see him sliding out of the ring, faking some injury or being hurt, you know, and uh, when somebody gets knocked down, he just slithers in under the rope and tries to get the quick sneak three count. Yeah. Next question. What will be performed first? A submission hold or a pinfall? I chose a pinfall. Yep, me too. Uh, who, perform, who will perform a move off the top row first? Uh, Sammy Guevara was my choice. He seems to be the, the highest flyer of them all. Um, I know... MJF doesn't really do a whole lot. Jungle Boy does, and Darby Allen does, but not as much as Sammy Guevara. That's why I picked him. Yeah, between uh, Darby and Sammy for me, but I I went with you and uh, chose Sammy as well. Then, will any non-participant interfere during the match? I said no. Um, I think there may be something after the match, but not during the match. Yeah, after the match, for sure. Um, I said no, it doesn't benefit anybody. Doesn't continue a storyline or start a, a new feud to have somebody do it in the middle of the match. If I was a betting man, this goes on last. MJF retains. He's already been put on the poster for collision. Maybe <laughs> I, we'll get there. We'll punk, get there. We'll, we'll punk walk we'll out. Get there. Yeah, that's the last question on here. Um, so we both said no to nobody interfering during the right. match. Then the next question, who will win the match? Uh, I think we're both know that MJF is my choice. Yeah, yep, me too. And then the last question is, when the match concludes, will concludes will a non-participant of the match confront the champion? I'm saying yes. For the reasons you were just saying, I think CM Punk is coming out. Yeah, makes sense. I can see where you'd want to keep him for 
um, the show from June 17th, so what, that'd be like three weeks away, something like that. Um, but everybody knows he's coming back, so it's not a surprise. So why not start the feud there, let it drag for, you know, two or three weeks, nothing said about anything on his end, because he's not going to show up at Dynamite, MJF can run his mouth for three weeks, and the first thing you get is Punk coming out confronting uh, MJF for what he said for the past three weeks. So, uh, yeah, I think Punk comes out. Yep. All right, so there's our picks. Um, if you're going to do that, have fun. Well, that's it. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention today is a little local thing we have. There's, you know, we live in Indianapolis, so we've got the big Indy 500 this weekend. Uh, I was going to get a pick from Josh. I'll say I, I think Santino Ferrucci might take it this year. He's starting on the inside of row of turn of, of row two, so he's got P four. And then I can't ever count out Sato. Um, he's just a crazy man when it comes to the Indy 500. So those are my picks. I I don't need two from you. You can only give me one if you want. But I like Ferrucci and Sato. I'm a homer, so I'm going with Connor Daly. He's hey, been you know, pretty good the past few years, led a bunch of laps at least the past two years, had a decent car, was always running fast during practices and everything. Didn't have it during qualifications, but during the race setup looked good. So, um, yeah, let's go, Connor. Yeah, I was down there for Fast Friday, and he was one of the faster cars, so he was looking good. I wouldn't mind seeing that. All right, well, I think that's it. We are actually over an hour for the show, so thank you for um, sticking with us. Um, anything else from you, Burns? Nope, sounds good. All righty. See you in a couple weeks. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Just In Case and Burns. Please don't forget to like comment, and subscribe. Tell a friend about us, and we'll see you next time.